Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Today, we're going to do something a little bit unique. We, we set aside maybe a few times a year a standalone Sunday where I can just pr- really preach something that's on my heart, something God's challenged me with. And it's really kind of um, an initiative I want to roll out to our church over the next few minutes that I think is going to be life-changing. This will be the most consequential Sunday in some of your lives. Your entire life will be transformed because you're going to take hold of this initiative and it's going to change your, your world. It, it reminds me of a story in Cupertino, California, where an SUV caught fire in a parking lot. And so as the SUV was starting to burn in the parking lot, everybody did what they normally do. And they took out their phones and started to record it because that's what people do these days. And so they're recording this, this, this uh, vehicle on fire But there was a man, he was interviewed later, his name is Aram, and Aram was sitting there and he goes, while everybody was videoing it, I thought to myself, what if somebody was inside of the SUV? The only guy to think about it at the time, and so what he did is he ended up, instead of sitting from the back, he ended up pursuing the SUV and running towards it, and they got him on video as the guy, he opens the back seat and finds a man sitting in the burning SUV. And as he opens the door, he risked his life to pull the guy out of the SUV and, of course, becomes a hero of the day. Um, I had some stories written of how, you know, different events that's happened in my life. But one of them actually happened yesterday where I was sitting at home. It's kind of a day with my family hanging out. We had just run some errands, and I got a call from one of our girls on staff here. And she's like, she's frantic. She's crying. And she's like, Pastor Aaron, I would never ask this, but I've just been in a, a crazy car accident. I need you to come right away. So I dropped everything. I, I get to Henderson here in South Tampa, and um, so I find this SUV. She had been sideswiped um, by somebody, and the SUV went into a fire hydrant, and then the fire hydrant busted the, the main pipe underneath this road. And so those in South Tampa are looking at that going, isn't that like a normal rainstorm? Like, no, 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 that's not. <laughs> that's not. They're going to fix that eventually. <laughs> so they... Uh, uh, she, she, uh, so it sideswiped her, she hit it, and she's, her vehicle's down in it, and everybody's just kind of watching her, and she can't get out of the vehicle. And finally, some man runs over and, and busts the thing to get her out of the vehicle, and so then she calls me, we're there for her. And it just reminds me, it was just a fresh reminder of what we're called to do as a church. So I want everybody's attention here for just a second, because in a world that loves to spectate, I want you to know that we're not called to spectate crisis in our world today. We're called to participate in being the hands and feet of Jesus to a broken and lost world. So I don't know what issue it is that you're facing or you're going through, but I want you to know the church should be active in the issues of our world today to make a difference in Jesus. Jesus' name. Can I hear a better amen in every location today? It's what we're called to do. You see, our mission of our church is that we move towards Christ and we move towards community and we move towards our calling. You hear it in the benediction every single Sunday that we say out loud. But today I want to challenge you with one more statement. That's not, it's not in our mission statement, but it's in what we do as a church. And it's simply this idea that we move towards crisis. We move towards crisis If there's a crisis in the world today, Radiant Church, we are not the church to sit on the sidelines and just spectate and go, I hope it gets better. No, we are designating this Sunday to let you know we have identified a crisis that Radiant, we are going to accomplish and we are going to make a difference. Because here's my firm belief, and I want you to look up at me at every location. I truly believe that if the church is involved, things should get better. 
Come on, let me say it again. If the church is involved, things should get better. I'll say it this way. If you're involved, the situation should get better. Like, like your workplace should be better because there's a spirit-filled believer that is, exists in that place. So if you go, well, it's just such a toxic environment, it shouldn't be toxic with you in the room. We bring the change into our situations. We bring the hope into those situations. So wherever Radiant's at, that community should be getting better. Can I hear a good amen? North Tampa should be getting better. St. Pete should be getting better. South Tampa, Heights, Brandon, the Tampa Bay area, the online. Facebook, you got pretty toxic for a while. But Radiant Church is on there, and we're making it better. Can I hear a good amen? We make it better. We looked at the, the crises that we've experienced over the last few years. You know, I heard that 7,000 churches a year close their door in America. There's a crisis in the church in America. So we go, well, we got to do something about it. So we started partnering with organizations like ARC and CMN, where we are now planting healthy, life-giving churches all over the nation. We're behind that because we move towards crisis. Can I hear a good amen? During the global pandemic last year, we heard story after story of people losing their job and not able to provide and, and not able to help with their kids. So we could have just sat back and go, well, I hope the government solves this. But we didn't do that. Because at Radiant, we moved towards crisis. So what we did is we started a COVID-19 fund. We raised hundreds of thousands of dollars that have been distributed to people helping with their rent, helping with groceries, helping with childcare. Radiant, we move towards crisis. Can I hear a good amen? That's what we do. Whatever it is, whatever the struggle is, we move towards it and we make a difference in it. We moved towards a crisis in Sri Lanka where we had pastors connecting with us and saying, man, we, we have ways that we want to educate these children and reach the next generation. And so instead of going, well, I hope y'all figure it out. No, we said, we're going to partner with you. We're going to move towards this. So if you're at Radiant Church and you're looking for a place that you can just relax and, and get a good little goosebump message, that's not our church. We are a church that is on the front lines of moving towards the crises in our world to be the hands and feet of Jesus. That is what we're called to do. So the purpose of today's message, this standalone Sunday, before we start our Easter series next week, is simply this. It's right there in your digital notes. We didn't put them in paper this week, but you can follow along on the app. Our purpose is that we're going to follow Christ's example. And his example is that he moves towards crisis. He didn't stand at a distance. He moved towards our issues. We see this in the scriptures where, where Galatians 4 tells us, it's my favorite Christmas verse. I've preached on it many times. It says, when the set time had come, God, here's what he did. He sent his son, born of a woman, he, he said it like this, born under the law. So what did he do? God looked down at humanity and he saw us in our sin and in our addictions and in our issues. And he looked down at us, not just with compassion, but with a strategic plan of how he's going to do something about that issue. I'm so glad that we serve a God that doesn't look down on us with just good intentions, but he takes some action. He, he took some action on our behalf and he sent his son. And the Bible gives us this description where Jesus came and God came in the flesh. Here's the phrase, it's called the incarnation. Now it's a big theological term, let me tell you what it means. It means God in the flesh, God in the flesh. Now you might've seen this word, uh, if you see incarnation, you can see that word carn right there. Uh, if you ever go to, like last week I was in Houston ministering and while I was there, um, I was with a bunch of our pastors, and we go to this uh, place. It's a kind of restaurant that's not really Texas food. It's not really 
Mexican food. It's a mix between the two. It's called Tex-Mex. How many of you love some Tex-Mex? Come on, somebody. That's some good food right there. And so I gained 18 pounds. It was awesome in Texas. So, so the, the combination of, of you would go to this restaurants and you, you look at the menu and you see all these things. With, if it has the word carne on it, it means it's with it's with meat. It's with meat. So, so you understand that that's kind of your description of what, what God did. You'll never look at Mexican food the same. <laughs> that it, it, it's God incarnate. And it's God with flesh. He came and became us. And I think this is so beautiful because he didn't stay from a distance. This is the difference between Christianity and every other religion. Every other religion says God says, hey, you come up to me, you work yourself up to being as good as possible so that you can now enter into heaven. God says, there's nothing that you can do that can make you good enough, so what I'm gonna do is I'm not going to shame you, I'm going to become you, I'm gonna live amongst you, I'm gonna die for you, and that's what Jesus did for you and for me. Aren't we glad he moved towards our crisis? Can I just say this to every person at every location today? If you're in crisis, Jesus is still moving towards your crisis. You're in the right place today. If the marriage is in crisis, you're in the right place to be at church. If the kids are in crisis, get them in church. If, if, if your mind is in crisis, get in church. This is what happens because God still moves towards crisis. And what did he do? He moved towards the crisis of humanity. And look at verse 5. He says, he redeemed those under the law that they might receive the adoption to sonship. So he didn't just take them from a distance. He brought them in close and said, let me tell you, now this thing is not about joining a church. It's about being part of a family. You might have missed this idea and thought religion is about some, you know, rituals. No, religion, this is not what it's about. This thing is about a relationship, that we are now the family of God. And so we're able to be close together as a family. And this is, family should be the number one description of what we do as a church. We got each other's backs. We're behind each other. We, we love each other. We even have some crazy uncles. Come on, how many know who they are in our church? No, don't call them out. We all got those people. So, so. We understand God, God saved us to brought, make us part of something. This is the example we follow. So the, the, the situation we understand is that, man, the purpose of today is that we're going to follow the example of Jesus. The problem is that we've got an issue that we can address, and it's the issue of the foster care crisis. We're going to address this today in our services, and that might be a, a crisis you might not ever have cared about. You're going to care about it after today because it's God's heart. It's God's compassion. It's God's, God's purpose for the church. It's to solve a crisis that should have been solved a long time ago. In Radiant Church, we're not going to just feel bad about these kids in the, in the foster care system. We're going to do something about it. We did some research, and, and the research is staggering. There's over 430,000 children in foster care in the United States. Over 22,000 children in foster care just in the state of Florida. Over 9,000 children, I want you to get this, are awaiting adoption in the state of Florida, which by the way, Radiant Church, we could knock out most of that number just by the people that are viewing right now. We could make that difference. Listen to this, every year in Tampa Bay, there's over 41,000 calls to child welfare. In 2019, 2,453 children were removed from their homes just in our three counties of Pinellas, Hillsborough, and Pasco County. On average, 6.7 children are removed from their home every day in our counties. 6.7. Today alone, almost seven children are removed. While in care, 65% of foster youth experience seven or more school changes. I watched uh, a story the other day of one girl. Her name was Amy. 
By the time she was 19 years old, she had moved. Uh, by the time she was 18 years old, she had moved 19 times. 19 different placements. I, I thought about it, and Katie and I were talking about it because we were gone for five days in California and then, and then Texas. And when we were gone, our kids always start to act a little crazy once, we, once we're gone for a few days. So if you're at our Heights location and you were uh, ministering at Heights and Radiant Kids last weekend, can I apologize on behalf of my children? <laughs> I heard they were crazy. They, they're, they're working on it. Their, their dad and mom were out of town. It was a little unstable. If you were the, the radiant kids worker that got the chair threw at them by my son, I just want you to know <laughs> we're praying for him to be delivered <laughs> and saved at four years old and little cray cray. <laughs> we love that boy. <laughs> but, but we think about it. We're like, how crazy is it that we're gone for a few days and our kids start to just act okay. They, they need the stability of the home. Amen. And these kids go from home to home to home to person to person to person. What is the solution? An estimated 70% of children have siblings in foster care, but they're separated, removing family and any kind of support. On average, every youth who ages out of the foster care system, citizens pay, listen to this, $300,000 over that person's lifetime in social costs such as public assistance and incarceration. We've got to do something about it. What does God do for those who are separated like we were when we were separated from God? He saved us and brought us into sonship, into a relationship. This is God's solution. Psalm 68, 6, get this. God sets the lonely in families. He brings them into families. And the solution for the crisis in our region is that we would have families and individuals who would say, you know what? I can't do everything, but I can do something. And I just think, that this is worth us giving a Sunday about. I know, I know you wanted a message to encourage you, but maybe just maybe our assignment today is to be the encouragement to those who are out there who are broken, who are lost, who need hope, and you're gonna be the solution to their problem. One of my favorite verses on this is James chapter one, verse 27. It says it like this, religion, and that's not the religion like we think about with rituals and steeples. He's talking about religion, the thing that you hold most true in your life. And the thing that you hold most true that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless. You want, you want the world to look at what we're doing as pure and faultless? Here's what it is. Then we need to look after orphans and widows. We gotta do our part. The marginalized, the broken, those who are outside. So, so those who are in the foster care system right now, they are, they are without the, the connection to their parents and we can be those people to look after them, to move towards them. And I want you to get this, it's in your notes. Foster care is at the heart of God because his heart is for children. We see this all throughout the scriptures, that God's heart is for children. And my desire over the next few minutes is that something would come alive in you to go, I'm tired of just hearing about the problem. I'm ready to move towards the problem, and we are going to be the solution for it. I'm proud to say that we're part of a church who is already actively working on solving this issue, and there's a place for you to be a part of it too. Check this out. Was that fun for you? Was Our it? staff at Radiant Church has become aware of the needs of foster families throughout the Tampa Bay community. So when Pastor Aaron brought this initiative to my attention, I said, yes, we've got to get involved with this. So that's what the Fostering Together initiative is all about. 
I'm Jessica Breeding. Um, we are a blended family in the Breeding household. So we have two older kiddos from Lewis's prior marriage, and we are in the process of adopting Joshua and Riley. The Holy Spirit just moved in my heart that we had our order wrong. God just told us, if you're ready for a family, you need to adopt. We saw pictures of these kids. They were just so, so full of life. And then we get to meet them for the first time, and they literally are our kids. Like Riley looks like I do, Joshua looks like Jess. Just a total God thing for us. Watching them grow here over the last 12 months has been nothing but incredible. So my name is Kim Miller, and I have had the privilege of being involved in the foster care community um, as a former director of our community's Child Protection and Advocacy Center. So for my husband and for me, as passionate as that we are about this issue, God hasn't called us to foster and adopt at this time. Um, and we've really realized that God calls each of us to different places. And for some, that's very appropriate. But for others, our role can look more like a supporting role. We're the Stewarts, I'm Ross, and this is my wife, Temple. Our story began last year, last February. Ellie came into our house as a foster placement, and we just knew immediately when we heard that she was gonna be up for adoption that um, she was meant to be a steward. So we started doing the paperwork, we started kind of going through that whole process, and in December, um, she was uh, finalized, the adoption was closed, and like I said, she became a steward. When we first got Ellie, she actually, it was at the very beginning before COVID started and she actually couldn't sit up. She, could, she couldn't walk at all. Um, she had a very rough start to life. And so throughout COVID, you know, it was a blessing um, that we were at home because we were able to work through uh, PT and OT and all the things um, to get her, her muscles going, to get her movements going and to get her crawling and walking. Um, and now she's just running all over the place. So Jessica and Lewis, I know that you all were planning on adopting at some point in your marriage. Um, talk to us about how God has given you the strength and he's given you the, the wisdom, the spiritual wisdom to get through this process. Yeah, it's been all God, really has been all God. We had intended to uh, adopt after we had a child naturally and God showed us that our order was wrong, that we shouldn't put one child in front of another. He's been with us every step of the way. It actually showed us before we even had the boys come in that it was gonna be him. And the only way we we're gonna get through it and lead them the right way was with his, his guidance. They're not ours, they're God's first. And um, we are reminded of that every day. And we are definitely reminded that in the hard times too, and we need to be. And um, it's just one more reminder that God's plan is better than our plan and we need him for this. So Ross and Temple, you have a great perspective on adoption and fostering, and mainly because Temple, you were an adopted child. So talk to us about how that has changed and has contributed to your fostering and adoption story. Yeah, I was. So I was adopted um, as an infant from Colorado Springs. Um, my parents adopted me there and you know, I was never once um, confused about who I belong to or I never once doubted that my parents loved me. I can remember they always would tell me that you were chosen by God and that you were a gift and so I can just remember the affirmation and um, what it felt like 
being treated in that way. And I just felt that that was something that Ross and I could do together um, for other children. Temple and I, we really uh, took on this mission to become foster parents as a ministry. Uh, we actually had one of our children um, get exposed to, to Jesus and then give her life to Christ in the time that she was with us. So we know that that getting them into the kids' ministry, uh, making sure that they were uh, exposed to good, godly relationships was gonna be so important for the kids. Kim and Steve, you all are at a, a different spot in your lives uh, with regards uh, foster care. So talk to us about how God is using you already in this initiative. There's just dozens and dozens of ways to help. Um, there's a woman in our congregation who is fostering a young boy on her own. And uh, she, she mentioned to us one day that she would just love the opportunity to be able to go for a run in the afternoon. And we said, hey, done, we'll do it. You know, let, let us take him. We hadn't met him before. And I took him out to the baseball fields and we watched some little league games and played a little baseball ourselves, played catch and he hit some balls and we stood on the seawall and threw rocks in the water and just had a, had a great time. And uh, it was just a very simple way for us to support her. And she was so appreciative she could get out and do, do a run. There's just so many ways that we need to support uh, these families in our church. And I think we all need to do our part. I love that story. I love that video. So we talked about the purpose is that we're gonna follow Jesus' example and move towards crisis. We talked about the problem, which is the foster care crisis. But now I'm gonna give you the plan over the next few minutes. And I really believe, um, I'm so excited about this because I believe that there's people right here, you had no clue that this is what God was gonna drop in your life this week. And it's gonna change the trajectory of your life because you're gonna be the solution to the crisis in our world. And our plan is called Fostering Together, where it's us creating a community here at Radiant Church, where not only are people fostering and adopting, but us also, there's other people who, who are not gonna foster, not gonna adopt, but they're gonna be the support system to help them really thrive in this role to do what God's called them to do. To help me with this, I have Pastor Helen Jones, who is our care pastor here at Radiant Church. She oversees care at all of our locations, has really helped a lot during this the, the pandemic and leading through that crisis. And then Kim Miller, who's taking point on our Fostering Together initiative. I'm really excited. Can you all give it up to these ladies? They've worked very hard on making this Sunday a big win. Kim, I'll start with you. This is a passion of yours that um, you have presented that I think is so huge. Why is this something that's dear to your heart? Well, I have the privilege of being a guardian ad litem. And for those of you that know, know what that is, it's an advocate, a voice for a child in the system. And I had a case a couple years ago. I had a six-year-old little boy who in six years had lived in five homes. And another home was disrupting. The caregiver called and said, he needs to be gone by tomorrow morning. And so he's picked up with literally a garbage bag of his things. And morning goes, afternoon goes, evening goes, and they cannot find a bed for this child. And my husband and I finally got a call at 1 a.m. As his guardian, we couldn't take him. So we had to take him to a stranger's home in the middle of the night with his garbage bag and drop that six-year-old off. And it broke my heart. And I just thought, where, where are the children? I mean, where, excuse me, where is the church? Yeah. Where are the people yeah. that we know everyone in the auditorium would open their home for? Yeah. So. You know, uh, we presented this idea and we said, you know what, our solution can be that we can all do something. So we put together Fostering Together, which is kind of as, as and the care department of our church is taking this on, because there's a lot of people looking at this going, ah, this is overwhelming to me. Like, how can I do this? What does Fostering Together mean? 
Well, you know, you, you talked at the beginning of the sermon about running toward a crisis. That's what we want to do with our Fostering Together ministry. So what we're doing is providing a, a, a strategic way for you to get involved in helping families who are already adopting, especially ones here at Radiant Church. We have a lot of families lot already of families. are already fostering. And we just want to come around and we want to embrace those families. We want to help them with spiritual needs. We want to come beside them and pray for them, and we want to help them with felt needs as well. So uh, that's what this is all about. All right, so how can people be involved in this, Kim? Give us kind of the rundown. Sure. So Fostering Together really has four lanes, and everyone can plug in in some way or another. And so the first one really is fostering, which is bringing a child into your home um, for a temporary season. Second lane would be adoption, where you would open your home um, and provide that forever home for that child. And then the other two ways are really where everyone in this church can plug in. The first being a care community. So these families need support. And care communities are a team of volunteers that are going to come around each family at Radiant that is adopting or fostering or providing that relative care and supporting them through meals, prayer, uh, mentorship, uh, caregiving, uh, babysitting, just a myriad of ways in which you can support a family. And then lastly, there's Care Portal. And Care Portal is a technology that has been created to identify a real need from a caseworker and transfer it in real time to the church so that if you're a responder on that Care Portal team, you can instantly fill a need. And so again, there's a place for everybody to plug in. I think this is amazing. I want you to look at those four things because I think you need to ask yourself a question right now is what is my part to play in this? What is it? Is it fostering? Is it adopting? Is it being part of that care community where you can go, yeah, I'm there. You, you want to break and you want to go get coffee by yourself. I'll, I'll watch the child. I'll, I'll help you. The, the care um, portal will have needs on there. We need a stroller. We need this. And whatever the need is that's on there, we as a church can me, uh, meet that need. I just think it's, it's important that the church is the first line of defense, the first line of hope to those who are, who are on the front line. So we want to be those people. So there's a part for you to play. Some of you guys, you've been praying about this for far too long. Can I just give you a word from God? Just do it. Like, just do it. Do what God wants you to do. Open up your home. You have that extra room, and you're like, I don't even know what it's for. My mother-in-law comes once every, like, three years, and I don't know who else uses it. Open up your home. Watch how God will bless your life as you take care of the orphans in our society. There's others of you. Can I just look at the camera? That you shouldn't open up your home. <laughs> <laughs> we know who you are. The, the worst thing for that child would be to get inside your house. <laughs> so join the care community. <laughs> Give resources. I got a text from someone even between services that was watching our earlier service. And they're, they're like, you know what? We can't open up our home. We can't do anything. But we're going to give. We, we know the church is behind this. And be part of this thing. The Bible says that each of us, we're one body but we're with many members. We have different parts. So some of you guys are the hands and some are the feet and some are the mouth places. Come on, how many know? We even have some rear ends at Radiant Church. And so we all have different parts, but, but, but we all need each other. And I think together we can do this. We, we can make an impact in this world. So what's the next step for people? Next steps, okay, we're very strategic about this. We don't want you to walk out the door scratching your head and thinking, oh, how can I get involved? Okay, so here's the deal. We're creating an event next Sunday night 
March the 14th here at South Tampa, 6.30 to 7.30. And we're going to connect you with the organizations that we've been talking about today. And we're going to show you how you can find that specific, detailed way to get involved. So uh, we'll have representatives from the Door of Hope, which is a fostering agency that's a Christ-centered uh, organization. We'll have family home. Uh, Family, I can never remember this. Finally, finally home, I said family home. Finally home, uh, which is an adoption uh, service that will help you get connected if you're thinking about adopting. But then, more specifically, more specifically, we'll have uh, representatives here from uh, Florida 127, which is the organization that has come up with this care community model, and that also has the care portal platform. Everybody can do something. Yep. So just remember that, you know, prayer, absolutely. Everybody can pray. Some of you have time in your schedule and you would want to maybe go out to a foster care or a foster family's home, maybe help them with the laundry, take them a meal. We're not asking you to do this every week, every day, but we're asking you to do something. And here's the deal. Here's the takeaway. Here's what we want you to go away with knowing is that these children who are going into families of faith, being fostering, have the greatest opportunity to be introduced to God, our Heavenly Father, for Him to make a difference in their lives, to let God impact them so that he, the children know that God loves me. Yeah. God has a plan for my life. They can be introduced to Jesus in our homes, yes. radiant homes. People, you, you have the Holy Spirit in you. He's your teacher. He can help yes. you introduce these children to Jesus Christ. Come on. So whatever Jesus is calling you to do, I encourage you to do it. That's awesome. I, I think everybody's challenged to do something. Kim, any final words that you have for everybody today? I would just say it doesn't matter what, what it is. Nothing is too small. I see a family sitting out here this morning, and it's, their story struck me. They have 10 kids, and the mom said, all I need is somebody to meet me in the parking lot and bring, help me bring my children to child care. Come on. And, and that's how she can come to church. Yep. And who can't do that? So just please come next week and we will plug you in and however you feel God's calling you to, to serve. I love that. Can y'all give it up for Pastor Helen and Kim? What a great job they did. They're working hard on this. And, and I don't apologize for the fact that so many people are going, well, I was really wanting to hear a message that'll help me. This is the message that I, I just think of the future of hundreds and hundreds of kids that got placed in radiant church homes, raised by radiant church families, who then met our Savior, Jesus Christ, who go on to change the world because of this one Sunday where we realize everybody can do something and we can make a difference in this cause in Jesus' name. Can we get a big amen behind that? Amen, church. Thank you, ladies. Here's, here's, here's my challenge for y'all. There's two big lies that I think everybody's gonna believe that are, you are believing as, as we hear this thing, and I'll close out with this. The first one is that we believe that the problem is too big. And this is a lie that many times we always believe. The problem's too big in my marriage, the problem's too big in my finances, the problem's too big in my life. And I just want you to know, your problem might be big, but our God is greater. He's greater than whatever problem you're dealing with today, and, and God could solve it. And when I looked at this thing, I was overwhelmed going, the problem's too big, we can't, we can't solve this. 
430,000 children in the foster care system in America. And then I thought, well, how many churches, how many evangelical, spirit-filled churches like Radiant Church are out there? I did the research. There's 348,000 churches, not Christians, churches represented in America. Why don't we be one of them that does our part to do what God has called us to do to help resolve this problem in America and we can do it? Here's the other lie that we believe is that I'm just unqualified. Aaron, Aaron, if you knew, if you knew me, I'm just not qualified. I've got issues. Well, welcome to the rest of us. We all got issues. I'm so glad God never looks at our abilities before he chooses us. He looks at our availability. If you'll open yourself up to God, watch how he'll use your life. He will use you in incredible ways. I, I say this to people often, the call itself is the qualification. If you feel that pull in your heart going, we can do something about it, that's God qualifying you. He, he's, he's in the business of calling people who don't look like they could do it and making them into someone that does great things for his kingdom. Guess why? Because when you end up impacting that kid's life, you're gonna have to give God the praise and God the worship and God the glory because it was not you. It was all him. You might not be qualified, but God is qualified and he uses us to do great things for his kingdom. Amen? So let me pray for you. Lord, at every location, there's people that their hearts are being stirred right now to move towards this crisis. Speak to them clearly right now. Lord, what would it be for them? Lord, if it's those who are called to foster, I pray that you would make it clear in their hearts right now. There's those who, who have been praying and going, what's our step when it comes to our children, our family? And God's speaking to some people right now. The next step is adoption. It's men, it, men, it's, it's don't go biological, go adoption. And I believe God's speaking to some people right now. There's other people you are part of the care community and care portal. Say, God, whatever you tell me to do, I'll do it. Be obedient that we can solve this problem together. With every eye closed and every head bowed, there's other people and you're in our services today and you don't have a relationship with God. I just want you to know that's why you're here. You just listen to a 30-minute message on, on foster care, not because you probably need to be a part of the foster care solution, but because you're separated from a family. You are disconnected from your creator. And God came, he moved towards crisis to make you one of his own, to save you, to transform you. So what's your start? Your start is right now in this service to give your heart to Jesus. God loves you. God cares for you. God wants you to be his son and his daughter. And you can make that decision today by giving your life to Christ. If that's you, on the count of three, I want you to throw that hand up. I want you to wave it at me and say, today's my day. I'm giving my life to Jesus. I'm surrendering my heart to him. And I believe God's gonna meet you right there in that seat. We're not gonna embarrass you. We're not gonna have you come forward, but right there in that seat, you go, Aaron, today's my day. I wanna be part of God's family. I wanna give him my sin. I wanna give him my past. I'm gonna follow God the rest of my life. It's my moment of salvation. On the count of three, throw that hand up. Ready? One, two, three. Come on, throw those hands up all over this room. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you in North Tampa. Brandon, Heights, St. Pete, those online. Come on, throw those hands up. Put it right back down. Why don't we all pray this prayer out loud together at every location. Say, dear Jesus. Oh, say it loud. Dear Jesus, today I give you my life. I give you my past. I give you my present. And I give you my future. Thank you for dying for me. Today I make a decision to live for you. Let me be part of your family for the rest of my life. I'm going to follow you as my Lord and as my Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, amen. Can we celebrate those who just made the best decision ever? Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. 
For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.